0: Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you're new to the show, I'd like to say welcome. If you're a returning listener, I'd like to say welcome back. Before we get started, I'd just like to ask you a favor. If you're currently streaming this episode, would you mind stopping it and downloading the episode and then listening to it? It's a good way for me to keep track of the downloads. And to be honest with you, the more downloads I get, the more I get paid. I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind doing that and maybe do it for all the content creators that you enjoy listening to. It's a great way for us to keep track of the downloads and put a little extra money in our pocket so if i could ask you for one favorite that would be it now on to the show This is Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box, your source for Islanders and Forcer Talk. Proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Joe Lizito. And welcome to episode 136, the OK Boomer 2023-24 season preview so uh buckle up because I have been preparing stuff in my head all day and I have not written a single note. So it's going to I'm going to be spitting fire here as the youngsters say. But before we get to that, if you're on social media and that would include Twitter, Facebook or Instagram, just go to the show notes of this very episode and you'll see links there for the social media platforms for this show and uh, and we can connect that way. If you are looking for a great artist to do an art project that man is joe marisich mighty joe marisich the local long island artist who designed the logo for this very show he is available for hire and you can reach joe on twitter at graphics joker or at loudegg.com and check the show notes for a link to the book islanders a to z that is an islanders children's book I almost said narrated by Joe. Uh, I mean, maybe they could do an audio book once a joke. Uh, well, audio book not once, but at some point, and Joe could narrate it. But uh, he illustrated the book. Maybe narration comes a little bit later. But uh, but check out that link and consider buying the fine children's book Islanders A to Z. Now, as I mentioned, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Each NHL team has at least one podcast dedicated to it. Some teams have more. I believe the Islanders have two, maybe three. Uh, I know they just added a few for the other teams. I want to say they added one for Ottawa and maybe Carolina. I'm not sure. But uh, no matter what team you root for, there is a show for you. Now, (laughs) <laughs> I am still listed under the Islanders podcast and, uh, I have requested to be moved to the original concept, consent content. Folks. I'm going to tell you something. It's a one o'clock in the morning here on uh, Monday night, I guess early Tuesday morning. I worked all day and I am on painkillers. So this, should, this is either going to be a really fun episode or just mindless drivel. My money's on mindless drivel, but I guess we'll see where this goes. Um, But yeah, I have requested to be moved to the original content side, and uh, I'm pretty sure that should happen by tomorrow morning. So if you check out the website and you go to the original content side, you will see links to many shows, not the least of which are the four horsemen of the hockey fight podcast genre for the Hockey Podcast Network. And let's start with the OG, the fourth line voice, my buddy Darren from Saskatoon. Darren has well over 300 episodes. He even put out an episode while he was in Vegas. Now, um, it's just this witchcraft known as technology. He had actually uploaded the episode before he left, but then it was released while he was gone, and that was with Jonathan Aitken. Very, very good episode. His latest episode since returning, uh, solo episode there. He recounts his Vegas trip. Also, some preseason drama and Bob Probert's 10 best tilts. So I'm expecting another episode from Darren anytime now. I could check my phone right now. Maybe there's, uh, there's one waiting, but, uh, but that is the latest episode. Also, the Five for Fighting podcast with Alec. Alec is a member of the hockey podcast network and also a member of hit club hockey. I recently purchased two t-shirts from hit club. One was Alex's five for fighting t-shirt, which looks amazing. And the other one is, a, is a shirt that says born to fight. I call it the unofficial Chris order body t-shirt. So uh, it's a pretty cool shirt. I'm very happy with the product. Um, you know, heavy duty shirts there. Uh one Alex is more heavy duty than the other one. I got a, the other one is a little bit lighter, but uh but really good stuff. And um I can't wait to see what they come out with in the future. So um so definitely uh check out Hit Club Hockey. I guess I'm doing a commercial for them now. But uh but yeah, Hit Club Hockey and Alex. So get Alex merchandise. Uh, on the hit club hockey website and Alex latest episode was with Luke Gadzik and it was a really good one Luke has uh, his post career has brought him to do his own show I don't remember what it's called but um, I follow it but Luke was great he told some really good stories and because he's into it and he and he knows the podcast game he he was a great guest and um, has excellent presence and uh, him and Alec hit it off really well so I'm looking forward to Alex next episode. And of course, uh, the long awaited return of Five in a Game with Jordan is still on hold. Hopefully, it returns sometime soon. But for all three of these shows, the Fourth Line Voice, Five for Fighting, and Five in a Game, definitely check out their back catalogs. And also, you can follow the fa- uh, Facebook channels. I think I did this last time. I might be ready for bed. It might be the painkillers. Um, follow the YouTube channels. You know what the stupid thing is? I'm actually looking at my notes right now for this. Follow the YouTube channels for those three shows. And of course, uh, uh, the biggest potato, the biggest guy on the network, Terry Ryan Tales with TR, uh, his latest episode, I believe was with former Rangers Canucks. I think he played for a few teams, uh, former goalie, Corey Hirsch. And, uh, I have not listened to that yet, but, uh, terry's awesome give his back catalog a follow and uh also new to the network is my friend rod peterson and uh his wife serena and they have a new show out cats and bolts podcast strict yeah well i I was gonna say strictly lightning and florida panthers but that's not true i believe roddy said he'd have some guests on uh from other teams or people that cover other teams now um Rod Peterson, the legendary voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, he has a, a daily show Monday through Friday, the Rod Peterson Show, and this is uh, just another project for him to work on. Um, work ethic second to none, and uh, him and Serena are very good together. And um, I think from what Roddy says, Serena is is more requested than he is. But uh, but they're they're new on the network, and uh, I'd like uh, I'd like you to welcome them and maybe give their their show a follow and um, you won't be disappointed. So now this brings us to the 2023-24 New York Islanders slash Bridgeport Islanders fight report. So last episode I had one entry, which was Ross Johnston versus Matthew Rempe. And uh, since then, I I think it's been since then. I don't even know. It It must be, although I'm not sure. So maybe, I said both of these fights the last time. But the second fight was Anders Lee against Barclay Goudreau. Uh That was a couple of nights later. So those were the extent of the Islanders' preseason fights. Now, Bridgeport had two preseason games. One, the first one, there were, uh, were no fights. Second one, I can't find a box score for anywhere. I took it upon myself to uh, fire off a tweet to um, the Bridgeport Islanders. The Hartford Wolf Pack and the American Hockey League. I didn't get an answer. So I honestly don't know if there were any fights in that second game. And most people wouldn't know. I believe the game was closed to the public. So um I'm still gonna do my best to effort that and find out uh if there were any fights in those games in that second game. So um if they get back to me, anyone gets back to me, I doubt they will um it's already old news and uh i don't i know um new york islanders twitter the i think the girl who runs their twitter uh not the best at replying i mean they'll they'll kiss ass of celebrities that aren't even islanders fans but uh, as far as actually responding to fans and i don't expect them to respond to the fans complaining about roster moves or anything like that but uh I kind of hope that the minor league teams would be a little more responsive, but I don't know. It could be a Lou Lamarillo thing. I have no idea. I don't know any excuses for the Wolfpack, though, or the league. I mean, or the American League. So I have no idea, but I will effort that and get back to you. So this is going to be the season preview coming up, and I promise you this will be like no other season preview that you listen to. Because I don't give a rat's ass about analytics. And I'm not going to spend any time on it. I'm going to give you the season preview that I think goes with this show. So we're going to focus a little bit on the physical part of the game. So what we're going to do now, we're going to take a commercial break. And then when I come back, you'll get the OK Boomer 2023-24 season preview. Be right back. The NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. I'll open up the Sportsbook app here, DraftKings Sportsbook app, and I'll go right to Sunday's Bills game. Well, it's showing me that the Bills are 14-point favorites, so you'd have to decide now, uh, can the Bills win by more than 14? The Giants, uh, let's say the Giants are having a tough season. I'm expecting a big win this week from the Buffalo Bills based on their shitty game yesterday. It was horrible, so... Uh, So being the Bills fan that I am and the optimist that I am, I'm expecting a huge win next week. But it would be up to you to decide how big of a win the Bills may get and how big of a win will it be. Will it be 14 points? Will it be 5 points? Will it be 2 points? That's up for you to decide. But take a look at the app and take a look at all the games that you have an option to bet on. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet 5 bucks on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, that's exactly what we should do. Run them up and fill them in. Then why don't you? The kids don't want it. They don't skate. They don't score. They don't hit. They don't fight. They float. They don't love to win. They don't hate to lose. Shorzy, Shorzy, you are so right, Shorzy. I mean, for those of you who watched season one of Shorzy, if you're like me, if you're my age, if you prefer the style of play that I prefer, when that scene came on and he said those words, I was just like, holy fuck, he is spot on. So, I don't know who actually wrote the uh, script for that episode or for that scene, but my God, I mean, just, just bang on accurate, not just in the no show, of course, in, um, in hockey in general, by the way. So I recorded the, uh, <laughs> I recorded the intro last night. As I said, during the intro, I had just taken some painkillers. I have, um, uh, back problems and, um, I have a torn meniscus in my knee. So, um, actually I'd said painkillers. It wasn't painkillers. It was, um, muscle relaxers for my back. So I had taken muscle relaxers and as I went back and listened to the intro, um, <laughs> I felt like the comedy value of my drug adult state might, uh, might be funny, but, uh, I figured, you know what, maybe between working all day and the muscle relaxers, I, so I just went to bed. So I'm recording this right now. It's Tuesday morning. And, um, I may be even less coherent, I don't know, but um <clears throat> that that quote by Shorzy really really hit home with me because it really sums up the current state of hockey and it's really sad. Hockey to me was always that the last sport like the the untapped frontier of athletes who gave a fuck and it wasn't um corporate I mean to it was obviously for the from the owners point of view but Hockey was that one sport. It was kinda like your team. You know, and uh you know, I love I love the Buffalo Bills and uh I used to be a, a big Atlanta Braves fan, but those were those were the big time sports with the big time salaries and the big time athletes and the big time egos and even in hockey, even when, when Wayne Gretzky was at his peak, you just um you just kinda felt he was ours. You know, he was he was hockey fans and, and you know, speaking about you know classic players here on the island you know you have the core four they just um they just never seem to to be that egomaniacal about just their everyday life they like someone like billy smith just wanted to be left alone um you know so it's it's really discouraging to me that um it really appears like the money and uh, the Insta and the brands have really gone to some of these guys' heads. Like, think about it: how many times you're scrolling through your Twitter, and um, you have to see if Austin Matthews' purse matches his shoes. I mean, it's just—I I don't know—I don't know what this world is. I mean, forget about the real world right now; that's another fucking disaster. But um, let's just stick to to sports here, to hockey. Um, you know, I, I get to see what uh, what suit Patrick Liney is wearing. Like, what 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 happened? just what happened i guess i guess it's just the inevitable uh progress that um uh, that hockey was bound to make and and i think it's sad I, I miss the old days and uh you know of course i'm a boomer well i'm not technically a boomer but i have the boomer mentality and um i don't think the game is better now the young young ones will tell you that it's better now but they don't score as much they don't hit as much they don't fight as much so what exactly about the game is better it's faster. Well, of course it's faster. You took out the red line. Now you can have two-line passes. You, I mean, of course it's faster. The, I mean, the athleticism has is, is never been better. Um, but that's progress. If you, you put today's training and, and the um, resources, that's the word I'm looking for, the resources that today's players have back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, that would be the same thing. Um, so that's just that's just genetics, that's just progress as far as athleticism. But I I laugh when I hear people say the game has never been better. Well what game is that? What what game is that exactly? Like I said, from from the scoreboard point of view, they don't score as much as they did. And the defensemen, as far as playing defense go goes, were, were better back then anyway. They don't hit as much and that uh, could you imagine if they kept track of hits back then it just it would be off the charts now you have guys with an incredible number of hits but it's a small fraction of uh of the population of the game and of course they certainly don't fight as much so uh the game to me th- this is definitely a young man's game and um it's slowly slowly uh phasing out people like myself which is probably what they want anyway it's probably what they want anyway they want the young eyes they want the new blood and um so this is (laughs) it's probably what they want but uh, i refuse to go out kicking and to go out quietly i'm going to go out kicking and screaming and uh if you tuned into this for some great um uh, statistics or the analytics bullshit well download it first but then you may as well turn it off so Let's talk about the team this year. So I think what uh, another thing that used to be better about the game is you could actually fight for jobs in training camp. Guys would come to camp, and there were always, even on a good team, you might have one spot open. And and that one spot, maybe you have four guys that are trying to get that roster spot, and they just work their bag off every single day, every single scrimmage, every single... uh exhibition game uh, inter inter squad game uh, rookie game if they're uh, if they're a younger player where now it's just you come into camp and the spots are there so and as a matter of fact with with this season with the Islanders it wasn't guys fighting for spots it was who was going to lose their spot so uh, like I said, you, you would just go into like even with the uh, the dynasty team. There are plenty of guys. Well, not plenty. Thankfully, there are so many guys that have the four rings. But you'd replace a guy, and then you'd have a couple of guys up for that job the following season. And this is a Stanley. This is a Stanley Cup team, the greatest team ever assembled. And there were still spots where now this Islander team now, which is a playoff team, um. There's too many guys. There's too many guys for the same amount of jobs. So um, it sort of takes away the suspense, and it's sort of, you know, if you're a guy like Maggio, you know, and chances were Maggio was going to start the season in Bridgeport anyway, but you have a guy like that come in and make an impression, and boy, did he make an impression. He's, He's a lot of fun to watch. I would not be surprised to see him maybe play a couple of games up this year. If not, you know, spot duty if there's an injury. Um, If not, though, he's going to, I think he's going to light it up down in Bridgeport. I I really do. And um, do for, again, I'm really high on this kid. So um, I look for Bridgeport to, be a little bit better this year and those two guys down there maggio is going to be a fan favorite within a week uh he has to be he brings that old school spirit and for someone like myself who likes to take road trips and watch minor league games that that's the guy i'm going to watch in bridgeport of course uh recent developments have made it where i'm going to watch someone else in bridgeport but we're going to touch on that a little bit later um but I, I just miss the, I, I, I do, I, I'm sorry, I, I know I, I, I am the, I'm the Grandpa Simpson, call me Grandpa Simpson, I don't give a fuck. I like when you go into camp and you see guys battling for jobs, and I don't even mean physical fist fighting for jobs, just guys working hard to try to make an impression and do everything they can. If you go back and listen to uh, my episode of Mick Vakota, and he talks about, uh talks about uh, his meeting with Joey Koser and and uh, Barr in Saskatoon before he went to camp at the Capitals. What did Joey Koser tell him? Make sure they know your name. It doesn't matter what you do. Just make sure they know your name. Right now, he, you're you're one of a hundred guys. Whatever it was the number, they don't know who you are. Your your training camp invite. Well, make them know your name. And he did, and Mick had a nice career. But if you, that would never happen today. So. We'll start with the uh, with the GM with Lou Lamarillo. Um, I have always been a big Lou supporter. As of late, I, I'm never going to say the game has passed anyone by. I think that's disrespectful. I think, <coughs> excuse me, his accomplishments warrant the respect uh, of everybody. But I do think, um, I don't know, maybe I wish he was more set in his ways because it seems like he's. Very, very slowly adapting to the way hockey is now, I guess maybe not so much with the turnover and roster, but um he's Lou lamarillo and and I guess for islander fans that want him gone, uh the question is, do you not realize who's going to take over, and that's his son, so maybe you think, well, you get the old school Lou Lamarillo attitude, but maybe with a new school frame of mind, I don't know, but I just don't know who's out there right now that would be a better candidate. I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm just saying I don't know. I I have no idea. who. I mean, Kyle Dubas was – people – well, a lot of people don't, but there are some people that think he's a whiz kid. I mean, he won a round. It took him forever to win a round, and now he went to Pittsburgh. You want Kyle Dubas as a GM? He re-signs a mediocre goalie doesn't address a weak defense. Well, he does address it. He addresses it by getting the Norris Trophy winner who's never met his goalie before because he scores a ton of points. So basically, he got another Chris Lee tank. So what did Kyle Dubas do with Pittsburgh? Well, he made their power play pretty fucking awesome, but five on five, uh, I don't see Pittsburgh even making the playoffs this year. So um, so as far as Lou goes. Lou is going to be GM as long as he wants to be. And for for people that kick and scream on social media about that, how you don't realize that by now is beyond me. the The owners are not firing Lou Lamarillo. Lou Lamarillo is going to be here until he doesn't want to be here. And honestly, even when his son takes over, he's still going to be here, just not in um, not in body, I guess, maybe in spirit, in mind, and uh, over the phone. But I, I mean. If you think Lamarillo is going anywhere, he, like I said, even if he's not the GM, he's not going anywhere. So I think you can, you can, uh, piss and moan about it, but he's not going anywhere. So the coaches now Lane Lambert, um, uh, come under a lot of fire from a lot of people. And, um, the assistants are uh, John McLean and uh, Doug Huda and, uh, Who does? I mean, I guess everybody, all the coaches have come under a lot of fire. It's absolutely incredible that people still bitch and moan about the power play and how John McClain can't coach the power play. Well, how many coaches does this team need to go through that coach the power play to make you people understand? It's probably not the coaches. It's every single season with this team. The power play sucks. It doesn't matter who the coach is. I don't particularly have any great love for John McLean. I think he was a great player. Um, but to me, he's a devil. And I wish there was an Islander in that role. Uh, but again, that's just me being a homer, I guess. But people bitching and moaning about John McLean not getting their power play working, where have you been? This is the same shit that they said about Scott Gomez. and And I don't even know who was in between. It's just the same shit all the time. Go into the season thinking that the power play is going to be abysmal because it always is, and then continue to post about it on Twitter, nothing's going to change, so whatever. Like, I, I don't even know. I think John McLean is here until John McClain wants to be here too. Uh, he's a Lou guy, so who knows. Uh, maybe if, if Lane gets fired, John McClain and Huda would go with him. As far as Doug Huda goes, it makes me laugh because, especially with the, the 20-somethings that criticize Doug Huda, Was Doug Huda a flashy player? Absolutely not. But Doug Huda had a fine career as a defensive defenseman. And a lot of times, this is why, you know, you get superstar players that don't make good head coaches because they're blessed. They're touched by the hand of God. Wayne Gretzky's the greatest player of all time. Wasn't a great coach. How is Wayne Gretzky going to teach people to do something that came to him naturally? A guy like Doug Huda had to work 10 times as hard – as a lot of other defensemen to make pro and play all the NHL games that he did, play all the pro games that he did. So if if you don't think that Doug Huda knows positioning and defensive schemes and stuff like that, I you know, then I think that's on you. He was never flashy. Okay, he's not Bobby Orr, but he knows what he's doing back there defensively. Now. Does that make Doug Huda a great defensive coach for an offensive defenseman? Well, I think in that case you have an argument. Uh, But as far as defensive play, and I know for a lot of the youngsters out there, defense doesn't matter anymore. It's all about points. It's all about getting that all-star six players out there, five players, four. I'm going to get this right uh, before I have a stroke. It's all about getting the four units out there of all all all-star players like they do in NHL 24, whatever it is, 23, 24. It's all about that now. It's not about real life anymore. Um, I think Dobson's taken a step back uh, since the season he had with Chara, and everybody wants Chara to be on the coaching staff. I'd love to have him on the coaching staff. Um, Maybe he doesn't want it. Uh, you know, you never know. Chara doesn't need the money. Maybe you know he's played hockey all those years. So maybe he wants to spend time with his family. So who knows? But I do. I do agree that something might need to be done if guys like Dobson continue to step back. I mean, I mean his season with Chara was unbelievable. Since then, it's been, mm, you know. But we'll see. And as far as the head coach goes, this is—I <laughs> laughed because there was a very, very well-established Stanley Cup-winning, uh, Adams Trophy-winning coach here named Barry Trotz. Do you remember him? Well, everybody loved Barry Trotz, right? Sometimes you get frustrated a little bit with his defensive schemes and his defensive style, but the guy was a winner. And then what happened? All the all the poster boy for Islander fans, Matthew Barzell. oh, he's so cute. He sold this, he sold that. Well, Matthew Barzell probably wasn't the only one, but he's definitely the biggest name. Goes and complains to Lou about this you know, the systems or whatever and how he's not getting this or he's not getting that. And lo and behold, Barry Trotz finds himself without a job. And now Lane Lambert's the coach. So I like Lane Lambert and as I've said before, I like Lane Lambert as a player. So I am definitely biased. Do I think he has uh shortcomings as a coach? Absolutely. But I'm also not a Matthew Barzell fan, so this is what you get. So all you fans out there that want to give Matthew Barzell pass after pass and want them to acquire everybody under the sun to play with Matthew Barzell to make him a better player, to me, that's not the definition of a superstar, Um, this is what you get. You got Lane Lambert because of Matthew Barzell, so live with it. Don't bitch and moan about Lane if you're wearing your 13 jersey to the game, because They had a pretty good coach in place before that, right? They did. But um, not everybody was on board with him. So this is what you get. Now, I think for people calling for Lane to be fired last year, I think maybe that was a bit premature. Uh, He was a lifetime assistant coach in the NHL with Barry Trotz. I think you have to give someone more than one season to get their feet wet. I even think you need to give them more than two seasons. I I would say you got to three seasons minimum. I'd say max. I mean, if, if there's no improvement after three seasons and you want to make a change, that's fine. Um, but this will be the same thing this year with the fans calling for Lane's head all year. And you know, so be it, uh, at this point, what the hell do I know? I'm going to tell you about the old days here. So, um, coaching is the same and we'll see. Hopefully it takes a step up this year. Now, Let's talk about the forwards. I, I'm not going to do player by player because that would take forever. And really, you're not listening to this for my analysis on on hockey. Um, forwards are the forwards. You know, the the new kid on the block is Bo Horvat, yet another player that you have to get to make Matthew Barzell better. You know, I never remember hearing that the Islanders needed to get X player to make Patty LaFontaine better. And I don't recall ever hearing we need to bring in players to make Ziggy Palfi better. And I never remember hearing, well, we got to get Johnny Tavares uh, better wingers to make him better. I don't ever remember that. What I remember is those players making everybody around them better. That's a superstar to me. Matthew Barzell's a nice player, I think he's the flashiest player on the team. I don't think he's the best player on the team. And if you have to continually bring in guys to make your superstar a better player, I think that's a problem. Just think about the guy. I love Matt Molson. I really do. All right. But Matt Molson on his own, not a superstar. He's not a superstar. He's a very good player, and I think he's a great guy. But John Tavares made Matt Molson a lot of money. Could you imagine if Matt Molson was playing with Matthew Barzal? People would be screaming, Matt Molson doesn't make Matt Barzal a better player. Your superstar is supposed to be a superstar because he's a great player and he makes players around him better. You don't need great players to make your superstar better. That's a hill I'll die on. But again, Barzal's cute. He used to have great hair. The women love him. The boys love him and we'll see what happens but uh hopefully this is the season that you know we get from Barzal since his rookie year with uh, Horvat in place to um to settle him down and i don't know who's going to be the third forward on that line um the what's his name Holmstrom uh yeah Holmstrom i don't know the guy that just went down to uh, Bridgeport um or this Gautier, whatever the forwards are the forwards the Islanders have the most underrated player in hockey, and Brock Nelson. All this guy does is produce. It's fucking hilarious. Like, this this guy is such a stud, and he gets... <laughs> he, he Brock Nelson should be getting the attention that Matt Barzal gets, but he doesn't. And it's, it's a fucking joke, actually. Brock Nelson's an absolute stud. All the guy does is put numbers up, and we're so lucky to have him here. It, we really are okay um anders lee definitely on the the was it the back nine is that the golf reference uh back nine of his career um still i think he's a third liner at this point um you know for for the job that he does i have no problem with anders lee um i love kyle parmary i love uh jg Pageot. um who else do we got here um I like the Engval signing. I think he's good. I love Casey Zizekas. Um, you know, we'll talk about some defensemen before we get back to the forwards here. Uh, I think that, um, Pelik, Pulak, they're still good. I think they've regressed. Uh, Scott Mayfield, I think is still solid defensively, although I wish he played with a little more grit, a little more sandpaper, kind of like he did when he first came up. Um, Surprisingly, you guys may not believe this, but Romanov, I-, I love him. I do. I think he hits like a train. I think they need that. Uh, I think he brings the sandpaper that Mayfield is lacking now, so uh, so I like I like having him here. I'm hoping for uh, a rebound year from Bolduc, and uh, I think uh, Sebastian Ajo has really picked up his game. I don't think Ajo should never be on a first or second defense pairing, but I actually think he's pretty good. I think he's really developed, and as far as the goalies go... You have the best goalie in the world in Sorokin. And um, you know, Varlamov, you know, he keeps he keeps Sorokin happy. So I I, you know, whatever. That's fine. So let's talk about a few of the forwards now. We're gonna talk about uh Matt Martin and um who didn't I touch on? Uh, Clutterbuck. So Clutterbuck I like. Uh I have said it before. I have never I never embraced Clutterbuck like the rest of the fan base, and that has to do with uh, what he did when Trevor Gillies came back from his suspension and Gillies hit him and Clutterbuck went down like he got shot. And then, of course, once Gillies is thrown out of the game and subsequently suspended, well, I mean, let's just say thrown out of the game, then Clutterbuck gets up like nothing happened. He took a hit, and I, you know, I I know he did his job. He absolutely did his job, but, um, you know, just it was to me. It was just a bush league thing to do. I appreciate what he's done for this team, uh, but I, I can't shake that stuff. I just can't. I'm stubborn and uh, I hold grudges. So I, I love what Clutterbuck has done for this team. I love him on the, you know, the line with Sizika and Martin. But um, yeah, I mean, I think think the time has come maybe uh maybe for him to move on so and of course matt martin if if you uh listen to the show you know i love matt martin uh, i have him in my top 10 all time for the islanders enforcers and, and um i'm worried because uh with uh the move that took place the other day matt martin is the last semblance of toughness that this team has and i don't know how much he has left in the tank i mean the guy stays in phenomenal shape i mean he's unbelievable he's in great shape but the body can only take so much. So I am I think this is the last year of his deal. I don't know what happens after this. But I want to talk about um, a tweet that went out the other day by, uh, by the Islanders. And this was sent on October 6th. Isles transactions, and they go on and on to list a ton of players that were sent to Bridgeport. And then they list a bunch of players that were placed on waivers. Ken Appleby, Dennis Chalowski, Arno Arno Durando, Grant Hutton, Otto Koivula, Carson Coleman, Paul LaDue, Brian Pino, Robin Salo, and Jacob Skarik, all placed on waivers. And, oh, did the fan base go nuts here. The fan base went crazy on this, because how could you put Arno Durando on waivers and keep Ross Johnston? How? How dare you? How dare you do that? And it just reminded me of the Austin Zarnick uh, fiasco, and I say that in quotes, when Austin Zarnick was put on waivers and they kept Ross Johnston and the fan base was up in arms. How dare you? That's Austin Zarnick. And now it's Arno Durando. How could you put him on waivers and keep Ross Johnston? Are you serious? Oh my god. One one lady. I'm looking at the comments right now. I'm beside myself. I'm beside she's beside herself because of the people sent down on down to the miners and put on waivers beside herself. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, the the visceral reaction from the fans well how many of these guys did they lose that day all those players are in bridgeport right now so yeah i know it's shocking because it sent the fan base into just absolute hysterics and when i say the fan base i mean the small portion of the fan base on social media um you know it is just hilarious so um I'm shocked about Durando. Then it's Durando over Johnston. Okay. Uh, I'm shocked that Ross the Useless isn't on this list. What pictures of Lou does he have to keep him on this team uh, is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And then Sallow, Durando, Koivula with question marks and the shocked face. And I repeat, again, let's remember, not a single player was claimed from this group. So everybody in this group is now in Bridgeport, which must be shocking based on the the fans' reaction. It was unbelievable. So then for the next couple of days, it's, well, the Islanders are not cap compliant. And they have to make a move. They have to. They have to make a move to get cap compliant. So what are they going to do? Well, there's two options. They can put Ross Johnston on waivers or send Holmstrom to Bridgeport. Now, they had to put Johnston on waivers by two days ago, and they didn't. So now Holmstrom was going to go to Bridgeport. And again, the reactions were, whoo, boy, oh boy. Oh my God. Holmstrom. This guy's the second coming of Mike Bossy, apparently. People were beside themselves. And here's the stupidity. Of fans. Okay. The roster had to be set at 5 p.m. yesterday. So you had to be cap compliant and everything else by 5 p.m. So you can send Holmstrom down to Bridgeport on paper. They don't play again till Saturday. Like nobody. Again. Again, when I say nobody, I mean the people on Twitter. The small percentage on Twitter. Um, They don't think. They don't think. And. It was like, how, how are they going to keep... Ross Johnson, he doesn't do anything, and he's good in the room, and who cares, that doesn't matter. All these people who have never been in a dressing room environment are telling other people of their, of their ilk how locker room, the, the bond that these guys have in the locker room, it doesn't matter. Yet someone like Matt Martin, who's been in a ton of dressing rooms in his career, says the opposite. So I'm gonna go with what. Let me see, what Matt Martin says over uh, Islanders girl thirteen or Barzy's girl or you know Bo 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 or whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with what the established NHL player says as opposed to these dorks. So. Now the news comes down yesterday that Ross Johnston has been put on waivers. And honestly, I love, I love Ross Johnston, but I wanted him to get claimed. And I thought there was a chance he get, get, get claimed by a team like Buffalo, a team in the division. Uh, is that the metropolitan division? I don't even know the Eastern division. I look To me, I'm going to just call it the Adams Division because the Islanders are the Patrick Division. So the Adams Division, um, where uh, Lucic is and Reeves is, and uh, I think Tampa signed Austin Watson. So I thought there was a chance he might end up with a team there, but he didn't. I would have loved to see him land with Buffalo. I just want this guy to play, you know. And um, but he wasn't claimed, so now he's going to Bridgeport. And what do you what do you say? You know, apparently. Uh, yesterday in practice, he scored a goal, and the, and the team went nuts, and everybody you know went crazy. And because they they know what Ross brings to the table, they know what Ross brings to the to the locker room, and um, that didn't matter. A lot of the fans were like, "That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares?" So he's Stefan Rosner, the hockey news uh, correspondent for the Islanders. Who actually, I got to tell you, he's a kid. He's a young kid. I think he does a really good job, and I think the best thing that um rosner does is he does something that's very rare nowadays in sports reporting and in regular news reporting he doesn't inject his opinion into the story he doesn't i'm sure listen i'm sure he has an opinion one way or the other on ross johnston and if i had to guess just based on his age probably doesn't feel that he's necessary But you don't know it because he's very professional and he doesn't inject his opinion into this stuff. Um, But he reported that yesterday and everyone's like, well, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're paying him a million dollars a year for what? For that? Because the guys like him? And again, it's people that have never been in a dressing room. They just don't get it. Um, But it's just, uh, you know, I wanted him to get claimed. Like I said, he didn't. So now he'll go down to Bridgeport and he'll probably – you know, maybe he's going to be the up and down guy. Maybe when they play teams with the fighter, they're going to call him up. But, you know, I, I said it yesterday um, in a tweet that, you know, maybe it's me. Maybe it's time that I acknowledge the fact that a guy like Ross Johnston and really just team guys and team team first guys with the way that the players are nowadays, it doesn't matter because they they don't care. Most, you know, listen i'm not saying that there aren't players that that care that don't care no wait let's try that again there are players that give a shit about wins and losses but i would say the majority of them don't anymore why they have the money they get paid the same regardless of whether they win or lose um why do they give a shit they they uh like i said they might look and say wow that's a nice purse that austin matthews has we should get that or those are lovely slacks that Patrick Liney is wearing that I saw on in his Instagram story. Those are beautiful. Why the fuck would they care about wins and losses? That's what makes me laugh about the... I tell my wife all the time, Islanders lose. She's miserable for like an hour or so. And I, and I always try to say to her, why do you care so much? They don't. The game's over. Now they're going out there doing their thing. It's like... And I'm not saying the guy should be pissed off for, you know, the next 12 hours. But I just think, a guy like Matt Martin, I think Matt Martin really does give a shit. I Cal Clutterbuck, I, I think he cares. Casey, your your you know, your your bottom line players, the the grinders, the lunch pail guys, I really think they give a shit. I'm not so sure how much the superstars care. They got their money. It doesn't matter if they win a game. It doesn't. So you know, for me at my age, locker room guys, dressing room guys, they still mean something. And I think, you know, I think what Ross has brought to this team for the last few years, um, I saw one uh, post yesterday that, well, he's played X amount of games and has made this much money. And I don't remember who said it, but it was someone I follow. So it's someone that I'm I'm friends with, I think. It was just like, imagine, uh, I'm going to say, I don't remember what it was, but imagine working X amount of days over four years and getting paid that much. And I was like, yeah. And I... I wish I remembered who it was, but he didn't just work those four days. You practice, you work. I mean, it's it's similar to saying, well, you play 82 games. You only work those 82 games? No, that, you know, there's practices. There, It's just part of your job is staying in shape, and you practice, and you work out, and you do these different things. So I think whoever it was was just trying to make a point, but I think, uh, it, it, well, definitely – Fell on fell on deaf ears with me because no, he didn't just work the games that he played. He worked all the days that he was supposed to. He worked he worked the same amount as everyone else. Just and he probably worked harder because I'm sure uh, those practice days where he wasn't playing, he got bag skated and he, he put in the extra work. So it's not quite accurate. So uh, before we get to the fighting section of this, um, what do I think about this team? I think the Islanders are a third place team. I think they're a distant third. Uh, I think New Jersey is the best team in the division. And I hate to say it because I loathe Carolina, but I think Carolina is the second best team in the division. Um, I do think Jersey goes to the final. Uh, I think if they get a stud goalie, I think they win. Uh, Yesterday, uh, Chevy and Winnipeg signed Connor Hellebuck long-term. So I don't know if... Depending on how Winnipeg does, if it's something they'd be looking to move. Like, I think if the Devils got Connor Hellebuck, I think I'd say they're a cup final champion right now. Uh, but I do have them going to the final against Colorado. Take that with a grain of salt. I haven't watched the Colorado game, a full Colorado game, and I don't know how long. Um, I watched it a little bit of the finals a couple of years ago because I wanted to see Bowen Byron, but um, that's just my opinion. So, but take that for what it is. I just think the devils are really good. And, uh, but I do think, I do think the devils and Carolina are the top of the division. I think the Islanders are the best of the rest of the teams there. I think the Islanders are third, um, probably went around in the playoffs, maybe two. Um, it really depends on Sorokin. The thing with the Islanders is they're, they're going to go as Sorokin goes, and they're going to need to put in a few more pucks. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, Barzal shoots the puck a little bit this year. I know he's always pass first, but uh, hopefully Hor- Horvat is the positive influence that he needs. So just to talk about the uh, the physical side of the game here. So going back to last year, um, Matt Martin led the team in fights. He had seven fights last year. That, uh, that like I said, that led the team. The second was Ross Johnston with three. And, um... I just want to say this again about Ross Johnston Fucking people out there They think he's just a robot and They think he's just this fucking Terminator You kind of keep him under glass And then you break glass when needed You have no idea what, uh, what the role does to someone Where you're sitting, you're basically playing Two or three times a month And you know every game that you play You're in there for one reason There's only so many ways to stay ready And stay prepared, stay warm For a game like that And fucking people that they will never understand the role and they will never understand what it's like to just be tapped on the shoulder when needed like that. You know, I know the guys in the team, I'm sure they, they went out of their way to, to have Ross feel a part of the team. And I know Ross is the ultimate team guy, whether you people like it or not, but you could say what you want about the guy. The guy knew when he was playing and he knew why he was there and he did his job. And, I, and he's a better player than all you fuckers give him credit for. So hopefully he goes down to Bridgeport. I Doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to sulk. I know he's going to go down there and he's going to do his job. And I hope that we haven't seen the last of him up here on the island. So Rush Johnston was second with three fights, 21 career fights. Anders Lee and Oliver Wallstrom, two fights each. Casey Zizekas, Scott Mayfield, and Romanov, one fight each. Now, Oliver Wallstrom is a guy, it's so funny, he really hasn't shown a whole lot, but people are clinging to the fact that he's a prospect, so Oliver Wallstrom gets a ton of rope with this fan base, and I'm not exactly sure why, um, but we'll see what happens. But again, you know, it's um, it's the kind of thing where I mentioned about Matt Martin, now he's getting older, phenomenal shape aside now, the 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 fighting's going to fall on him, and him alone, because... Anders Lee will fight, but he's not going to fight any heavyweights. And um, the guy who should be doing more scrapping is Scott Mayfield, and he doesn't do that anymore. He had one. He had the same amount of fights as Casey Zizekas last year. So I, I we're going to see how this move, uh, sending Johnston to the minors, affects someone like Matt Martin. And I honestly hope that the team does a better job of protecting each other this year there were multiple incidents last year where islanders were helped off the ice and nobody did shit in the game so i i don't know uh, you know like <laughs> i just i don't understand that mentality i will never understand the mentality but again this is the mentality of the young fan my mentality is frontier justice you do something to one of our guys we're gonna handle it right now in this game. And if we don't handle it this game, we're definitely taking care of it early next game. It's like the schoolyard mentality. But now these these new, younger, less violent, you know, world peace, well, not world peace, That obviously that would be nice, but, uh, you know, peace, you know, love, all this other stuff, they don't want to get their hands dirty. So what they want is if someone does something mean to an Islander, Don't do anything. Let's let the NHL handle it. Maybe they'll get suspended. Or, hey, maybe they'll get a power play out of this. You already know they're not going to score on the power play. So, I don't know. Whatever. It's just, it's lunacy. It's lunacy. So, actually, I guess what I should have done was tell you my prediction for the Islanders now, you know, for the season, because now it's the end of the episode. But, Um, but like I said, I think they're a third place team. I think they definitely win a round, um, maybe two. And like I said, it's all up to Sorokin. Oh, and one, one more thing I want to say about, about the fan base here. Uh, and I'm going to scroll through some of these, uh, some of these responses to Stefan Rosner's, uh, Ross Johnston put on waivers treat, uh, treat. (laughs) Well, it's a treat for some of these dorks, but, um, I read a few people say they don't need Ross Johnston. They have Julian Gauthier now. Well, these are the same people who probably said last year they don't need Ross Johnston because they have Cal Clutterbuck and he does the same job. And I think I looked, Cal Clutterbuck averages one fight every 100 games. They do a little bit different. Julian Gauthier, uh, I don't think he, he plays physical at all. I think his game is speed. So what exactly does Julian Gauthier do that Ross Johnston does and vice versa? I love Ross Johnston. His game is not speed at all, but apparently uh, him and Julian Gauthier are interchangeable. So let's just check this out. So Julian Gauthier, who um, last year played 17 games in the NHL, played four in the minors. So Julian Gauthier, who I have nothing against, but uh, the fan base, of course, loves him. Um, the most games Julian Gauthier has played in a season was 49 with the Rangers. His career, his season high in points, You, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. was a first-round pick. He was 21st overall pick, and the fan base is going crazy over getting this guy. So what's his season high in points? 70? 80? Uh, no, that would be eight points. His season high... Oh, no, sorry, nine, nine. I'm sorry, I I, I got lost looking for the double-digit point totals. Nine points for Julian Gauthier. So I'm not exactly sure. See, at some point, maybe there are points where I'm like, well, maybe it's you meaning me. Maybe it's me. Maybe I don't get it because, you know, I'm a dinosaur, so maybe it's me that doesn't get this. But I don't know. Like, I'm looking at this guy's stats and where where are these points coming from? You know, where where is this happening? So just for comparison, because apparently Julian Gauthier is so much better than Ross Johnston, brings so much more to the table than Ross Johnston. So Julian Gauthier's career high, season high, I don't mean career. Well, in his career, the most games he's played in a season is 49. Ross Johnston's was 32, which to me, if Julian Gauthier is this second coming that everyone's making him out to be, well, shouldn't he have played more games? His season high in goals is six. Ross Johnston's season high in goals, standby, the computer's a little slow, is three. Okay. Three more goals. I don't know, you know, it's three more, and I'm sure he got a lot more playing time. Uh, Julian Gauthier's season-high in assists is 6. Ross Johnston's 5. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Oh, my goodness. So I guess they're both playmakers. Okay. Julian Gauthier's season-high in points, as I said, is 9. And Ross Johnston's is 7. I don't know. These numbers are pretty comparable here. Um, okay. Well, maybe maybe they're similar in the penalty minute total and the fight total so julian gothe's career high season high in penalty minutes is 14 ross johnston's 78 in 32 games and let's be honest if this was real hockey johnson would always be between probably 150 and 250 if he played a full season so I'm looking at Julian Gauthier's stats here and I'm not seeing. And, and there are people talking about this guy playing on the first line. What? He's fast. So, And I don't like to use the term bust because, and I'm not shitting on Julian Gauthier, the person or the player here. It's really, this is just a, a statement of the fans and how fans view things. So, Julian Gauthier, he's 6'4, 226. Ross Johnston, 6'5, 234. They're similar in size. Let's give them that, okay? But Julian Gauthier was a first-round selection. He's been in the league now. Let's see: one, two, three, four. This is fifth year. Never scored more than six goals. Never had more than nine points in a season. Where exactly is this? It, why? I'm, why is this an upgrade? Tell. I need someone to explain to me why Julian Gauthier is an upgrade from ross johnston because numbers wise i'm not seeing it he's faster than ross johnston but that's about it oh well anyway look if you guys are still listening if there's anyone out there still listening i appreciate that Uh, this episode i think went nowhere it was probably just me venting and ranting about everything i don't know and the more i think about it maybe i should have finished the episode last night in my drug adult state but here we are so uh, <laughs> I don't know this is the worst episode I've ever done I think maybe I don't know I don't know that's for you to decide but um, anyway so this is Tuesday I'm going to release um, the lost episode Mick Vakoda part three on Friday basically the exact opposite type of episode than I am giving you today so if you tuned into this debacle, and you listen to the whole thing, then I really appreciate it. So uh, so you people out there, please stay safe. Oh, oh, hold on. Holy fuck, how could I forget? Yesterday, happy Thanksgiving to my Canadian pals and to all my Italian brothers and sisters. I want to wish you all a very happy, belated Columbus Day. Now, everybody out there, please stay safe.